Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, and the Knicks have beat the Spurs 126 to 105. Victor Wembanyama's Garden debut, a little bit spoiled by your Knicks. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, RJ Barrett, Emmanuel quickly, all phenomenal games. And Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hartenstein continue to be super dominant. That's all coming up next on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in sights and sounds on YouTube. We appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. Make sure you hit that auto-download function on your favorite podcast app or the notification bell on YouTube so you never miss an episode because we are here for you guys five days a week. And if you want to take your connection with us one step further, hear from us after games right from the text messaging app on your phone and ask us questions, whatever it is that you want to do. You can check us out on subtext. Check the episode description for more. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at strict.land. And your New York Knicks are on a little win streak now, and you love to see it. 126 to 105 over the upstart Spurs, and what a freaking game this was. This is a version of the Knicks that I think – it can make you think again that they could be a 50-win team this year. The ball movement was insanely good throughout. They were active and engaged on defense from start to finish. I, it, they made the league's new phenom in Weminyama look really uncomfortable and made him end up with a minus 25 plus minus for the game, which was the worst on his team. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive because Weminyama, I mean, he had a, a tough game right before this, but he's largely been looking like every bit the you know the the league shaking phenom that he was promised to be and the Knicks held him to I think it was like oh for oh for six or something or perhaps more than that to start this game uh and he ends up not shooting well not having a great game at all uh, I think they really got the assignment on what to do to defend Wemby Mitch and iHeart uh challenged him as much as possible they basically said if you're gonna try to do anything within 15 feet or so, your life is going to be miserable and you're not going to have a good time and you're probably not going to make the shot. Um, but then he also just got like, he, he was kept attention to on the perimeter, whether that was by Mitch or iHeart or, you know, having a guy like Emmanuel quickly swoop in to get a steal uh, and make him uncomfortable in that way. I thought they did just a, a fantastic job that way. Uh, th that said, I mean, obviously I still think, I still think this kid is going to be amazing. Um, he just had a tough game at the world's most famous arena by a team that clearly had a good game plan to stop him. But Wemby still is, is pretty crazy to see, uh, especially against someone the size of like Mitchell Robinson, who's an enormous human being. I've, I've stood near Mitchell Robinson uh, before and I'm, I'm tall by normal people's standards, but Mitchell Robinson is a giant. Uh, and has a huge wingspan and everything else. And yet Wemby stands next to him. And while you could see the muscle differential in this game, that'll, you know, I'm sure the gap will narrow over time uh, as Wemby gets gets bigger and older and matures more. But 
just the sheer size of of Wembenyama, the length of his arms, the height of him is is crazy to see even on TV. I'm sure it's even even crazier in person. Uh, but also, I wanted to just before I forget, before we get too far into this recap, and I and I keep uh, you know praising the Knicks. I, I want to say this San Antonio team, I think, is going to be really nasty in a few years. Like kudos to them for building a really cool team. Obviously, it helps getting a generational prospect in Wembenyama, but like. I think Kelvin Johnson and and Devin Vassell are awesome on the wing for them. Trey Jones, I think, is going to have maybe a, a bigger impact than his brother Tyus even, and and be a better player than than him. Which is not a knock on Tyus, but more just I think Trey Jones is really good. Uh, Jeremy Sohan is like he's my favorite type of player. Um, I don't know. I love I love do it all guys like that, and I think it's pretty cool that they're kind of empowering him this year to be like a a dream on green type initiator. Uh, also, Gavin and I loved Malachi Branham out of Ohio State last year, too, and I think he looks really good as well. So props to San Antonio. But enough about them. Let's talk about these Knicks. I, I think it's just crazy how good they've played these last two games compared to how things were looking the few games prior. They got out to just a casual 11-0 lead in this one to start the game. And uh, this that this that boggles my mind, man. They only had three total team turnovers in this game which is nuts. They only turned the ball over three times. Randall had two, and I forget had the uh, who had the other one. And that's not even a knock on Randall because he played an amazing game and was doing a ton of the distributing for the team. So, like, uh, two turnovers is perfectly acceptable, and yet that was the high-water mark for the team. That's that's nuts. They had a 28-3 to assist-to-turnover ratio as a team, and the 28 assists really underscores just what they were doing as far as moving the ball, keeping active in this game. Like, I loved what the Knicks were doing on offense. And I hope that, you know, I hope that they can bottle this up and and do this every single game because unfortunately we saw it. They were doing this the first couple games of the season and then kind of tailed off the next couple games. And now we're back to doing it again. And so, you know, if they can keep up this level of activity and this level of play on offense, like they're going to be really hard to beat because they're just, they're constantly running. It's just constant motion. Everybody always has a job. You know, there's, there will be a quick pick and roll run up top, and then you'll have guys running around the perimeter, setting back screens for one another, trying to free each other up along the perimeter. Uh, if it, you know you have Randall, RJ, Brunson, all driving uh, quickly, all driving inside, like those are your four primary ball handlers that are going to handle the ball most of the time, driving inside, looking to kick to others, or you know have a, a ton in their bag to be able to finish around the rim uh, if they get that far, or to you know stop and pop a little floater, something like that. I mean, it's just beautiful basketball. I mean, it's kind of apropos that, you know, the Knicks were playing the Spurs, who are like the pioneers of beautiful basketball uh, in the modern era. And I think played very San Antonio-esque offense uh, in this game. And they have for the last two games where it's just constant motion, trying to get shooters open, you know, making sure that everybody's touching the ball as much as possible. Uh, they're they're playing just a, a fantastic brand of basketball right now. Uh, also shout out the starting lineup. I mean, the starting lineup was insane, uh, for every minute that they played no player lower than a plus 26 plus minus and Randall tops it off with a plus 31 plus minus Mitch. I think it was a close second with a plus 30, uh, in a few fewer minutes. So, I mean, just, just insane production for the starting lineup. And, and, you know, they were, uh, they were amazing in this game. There's no other way to put it. I, it was tough to decide who to highlight first, but I figure, May as well give RJ some shine first. I think that he's I, I he's been maybe the biggest reason that the Knicks have been able to put this together these last two games. I mean, it's helped that 
Randall has switched his uh, his approach a bit and and seems to be kind of finding himself again, which I'll get to in the next segment. But you know, RJ comes back and they win two games and they win them pretty handily. I don't think that's a coincidence. It's to the point where like every single three that he takes, I just kind of assume it's going to go in at this point. Um, I've been super loving watching him shoot the ball. It just seems like his follow through is better. And you can just tell from his body language that he thinks more that these shots are going to go in now. I hope, again, you know, things that I hope can be bottled up for the whole season. I certainly hope that he could bottle that up for the whole season. Now, I don't necessarily know that he's going to be shooting. Uh, that he's going to be averaging 22.3 points, 3.3 boards, 3.3 assists for the whole season. He's shooting 47.4% from the field, 47.1% from three, 86.7% from the free throw line. I mean, if he keeps that up, He's an all-star for sure. Um, I don't I don't see any doubt about it. I mean, that because basically all that those numbers say is this guy could be doing more damage if he needed to, but he's playing on a talented team with two other all-star caliber players and you know doesn't necessarily need to score 25 to 28 points per game, but the efficiency states that he could if he wanted to. Uh, I also thought his vision was on full display. He had the six assists. I, I think it applies to everyone on the team tonight. So I'll kind of make a broad strokes thing, but I thought the RJ most exemplified it. But I think the average amount of dribbles before passing in this one can't have been more than like three or four. Um, you know, I RJ, I think, was the personification of like he got the ball on some form of action, you know, whether he's running around a screen to grab the ball and start driving, but or, or you know, kind of starting from a relative standstill on the perimeter. But no matter what, he seemed to just have a quick move in mind just a few dribbles and either he was going to get a shot off or he was going to get to someone else. And I thought that was sort of the case for the whole team tonight. And that's amazing. I mean, you, you, that's exactly what you want to see. That goes back to the, the beautiful basketball thing. Like that's what beautiful basketball is. That's this very early seventies Knicks, you know, of like, you, you don't want the ball to touch the floor. If you can avoid it, you know, just always be looking to make a pass, always be looking to find someone, find the easiest shot possible. I thought RJ did a great job with that. Um, had a number of really nice passes, had some pocket passes inside, had some nice kicks out to the perimeter. I mean, he just kind of did a little bit of everything in this game. Um, I think he's also doing a great job at reading the situation on the perimeter, uh, whether, you know, deciding whether he wants to cut or stay put for a three point attempt. He's, it, I mean, he's cutting as well as, say, like Josh Hart or Dante DiVincenzo, which is a huge compliment. Uh, as far as those guys having just phenomenal instincts about when to break loose and get inside or when to stay put on the perimeter. And it's kind of the case for the whole team. They're playing this sort of like, I guess I guess you would call it a four-out offense. Obviously, Mitch and Hartenstein are, are mostly living on the inside. But, you know, they're, they're not even necessarily doing that from the standpoint of like they're just looking to get someone inside and then kick it to the outside and then just swing it around a bunch of times. There's just a constant motion on the perimeter right now. And it's leading to a ton of really nice shots and a lot of extra passes that find a guy in the corner for a nice look. Like it's, it's beautiful basketball right now. That's what the Knicks are playing uh, a little less beautiful, but yet still amazing to, uh, to consider is the Isaiah Hartenstein and Mitchell Robinson play right now. They're playing, they're playing rough They're They made Wemby's life terrible in this game. Uh, so I want to get to them in just a second. But first, I got to remind you all about our good friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week 
all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And man, I it's tough to pick just one. I've been given five options here, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to pick Dylan Brooks. Uh, don't roll your eyes or anything. I know that he rubs some people the wrong way, but I, you know, Josh had these notes to share. His shooting won't stick, but Ime, Ime Udoka is pumping him a lot of minutes. He's getting steals and he's playing his role excellently. I agree. I, you know, I play in a nine cat league uh, where, you know, they keep track of, you have to, it's a, the way my league works is kind of interesting. It's a rolling total throughout the whole season. And there's only a finite amount of points you can get from 10 to one in each category. And it just kind of is a rolling, rolling total the whole season of your total stats for the season. And I picked up Brooks this past week because he's he's offering a pretty uh, balanced stat sheet at the moment. So even if the shooting comes down a little bit, as long as he still can keep the percentages up a decent amount, make some threes, he's getting those steals. He's getting you know the rebounds. He's he's doing a little bit of everything. So he's he's good if you're in one of those nine cat uh, leagues for sure. And Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And maybe, maybe we'll help a little bit here too. You know, I'll offer a little extra context, you know. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit, which is the same with your vehicle. So if you have personal experience uh, with, you know, trying to buy parts for your car, you could probably attest to this. It's not, it's not fun. It's not great to go into a store. You have to talk to a, you know, a person at the counter and, you know, it's like you go to your local Napa or advanced auto parts or whatever, and they got to spend like 10 minutes looking at a computer to see if they even have a part on hand for you. And then it's like, oh, no, we don't have that. Well, where is it? And well, it's in our big warehouse. Like, well, yeah, go figure. This store is tiny. Like, I don't know how this is an auto parts store. You guys obviously have room for nothing in here other than like wiper blades and touch up paint. So then they're like, all right, well, we can order it for you. It'll take like a day or two. And you're like, all right, all right fine. You know, I guess I'll wait a day or two to do this thing that I wanted to do today. So then, of course, it, the work week happens, and then it's the next weekend. You go pick up the part, and then maybe something's not right with it or, you know, whatever the case may be. This is where eBay comes in, into play because, you know, you can get the things that you need and know that you're going to have a guarantee behind it, a full money-back guarantee, a full support guarantee with over 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-die ride. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at the prices on eBay, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, and we're back in to continue talking through this awesome Knicks win over the Spurs. And I got to talk about Mitch and Isaiah Hartenstein. They gave Wemby his, uh, his welcome to the garden, welcome to the NBA kind of moment, I feel like, in this game. Mitch with eight points, 12 boards, five of them offensive. Hartenstein, 13 points, three boards. All of those were offensive. And they just kept Wemby uncomfortable this entire game. You know, I hate to boil down their entire performance to what happened with Victor Wembanyama, but he's a huge story and it was a huge story that he was coming to the garden and he's he's going to be one of the best I don't know three players in the NBA like as soon as like next season you know it's it's pretty apparent this guy really has the juice so 
figuring out early how to make him uncomfortable, probably a good thing because you only get so long before he fills out and and just gets better and better at this whole thing. So uh, the Knicks just, I mean, they were they were awesome. Uh, you know, Hartenstein, Mitch, they they kept him uncomfortable. I think their physical play sort of rattled him more so than just being in the post. Like some of it could have been MSG jitters, but you know, they were really beating Wemby up. Like when it came to rebounds, they had a body in him the whole game. Uh, when it came to any time he touched the ball inside, they were all over him, hand in his face, getting physical with him, trying to keep him away from the hoop and th- with great success. You know, they, anytime that Wemby tried to do something in that, that short to mid to long mid range area uh, with like the turnaround jumpers and stuff like that, or even just a face-up opportunity, they were right there, like hand in the face. And really for a guy that that has this super long wingspan that is making him famous as, you know, like an alien or whatever, they did a good job keeping him uncomfortable and keeping a hand in his face the entire time. Um, so I, I thought that was great. But on top of that, I, I think that the physical play sort of took its toll on Wemby throughout the rest of the game too. There was one three attempt in particular where he just, he just super left it short. I mean, he left it a, a foot short of the rim. It was not pretty, um, you know, not something that you would expect from this guy who's shown that he can really, really shoot the ball. So I thought that was, that was sort of emblematic of the whole night. You know, it was like, even when Wemby got an open opportunity, he was already so worn out from the damage that Mitch and Hartenstein were doing on him on the inside, the rest of the game that he wasn't able to, you know, really capitalize on it. So Props to Mitch, props to Hartenstein. They, you know, they both were asked about him a ton, obviously, and they both said they were ready to step up to the challenge and and make this kid's life uncomfortable. And that's exactly what they did. I also got to say, Isaiah Hartenstein is becoming a bit of an efficient scoring machine in his minutes. He's up to 14.7 points for, per 36 minutes on 60% shooting now. Uh, and that includes, you know, he he hasn't been doing it as much recently, but he was attempting some threes earlier in the season, too. So that takes that into account when where he wasn't really converting on those which is maybe why he's kind of uh started to remove them from the repertoire again but you know he, he he's shooting really well and he's scoring like like mad i mean he's just got that that baby hook in the floater right now and like the little kind of like scoop layup i mean he's he's got a bag around the rim that is truly impressive and looks like he really worked on it over the offseason um plus of course you have his ability to hit a floater from like short mid range or, you know, to kick it to guys out of the the high post and, you know, find cutters and stuff like that. He's, he's a really versatile offensive weapon. I mean, it's, it's nice that if you're okay with taking a little bit of a loss on Mitch's offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding, what he offers on defense in the, in the total and, you know, having like, I don't know, you could probably say Hartenstein is about an 80% version of what Mitch is in those categories, maybe a little less on the offensive rebounding side. But, I mean, the fact that you can do that and still have that good of a player uh, on rebounding and defense and then have a guy that has the offensive skill set of him is really valuable. And, I mean, Mitch has been the one getting the most minutes lately, but there are surely going to be some games where Hartenstein is just giving you what you need this year at some point, and he's going to be out there for, like, 25 minutes to Mitch's, you know, 23 or whatever. And that's going to be totally fine because they're both just awesome starter caliber players. And yet they noted it on the broadcast, but Mitch is playing so well that it makes it hard to play Isaiah Hartenstein more. Uh, so Mitch right now is currently within 11 offensive rebounds himself. 
of out offensive rebounding three whole teams in the NBA uh, at the bottom of the offensive rebounding standings. Absolutely crazy. I mean, this guy is a he's a monolith in in terms of the offensive rebounding, and it almost seems like the team is starting to understand that you know he's uh, he is well okay they obviously understand how good he is at offensive rebounding but it's almost like they're running designed like kobe assist kind of uh layup opportunities for him at this point which is maybe hurting the the field goal percentage of some of the players on the team but is creating these easy opportunities where mitch gets like this layup attempt that just kind of goes off glass, barely even grazes rim. And he is right there to just gobble that up and get a quick dunk or a quick layup. Uh, and I love to see that personally. You know, I think that, I think that's a great way to use him and a great way that like, if the defense collapses on you rather than throwing up a completely wild attempt that maybe has like a 10% chance of going in. If you can instead just get up a, a more focused attempt just on the backboard, to try to get it to Mitch, you you might set yourself up for two easy points. And it looks like it looks like Randall Brunson and RJ are all definitely in on that. And, you know, kind of are treating that like a bailout option now at this point of, okay, do I go for this crazy hard layup now that the defense has collapsed on me? Or do I just kind of serve it up to Mitch on a platter? And they're they're serving it up to Mitch on a platter for that Kobe assist. Which speaking of Julius Randall, I thought he looked fully looked like good Randall again. 23 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, eight and 19 shooting, two of six from three. I thought this game was huge for him because I, I thought that he looked like he was back to enjoying himself again. Like his body language was better in this game. You know, I, I mentioned in the in the the last game that he had kind of like emo kid energy, where it was like he was begrudgingly there to to do his you know to play well. You know what I mean? Like he kind of was like still kind of sulking when he was getting down the court, but then would get the ball in his hands and it would be like the switch would turn on and he'd be magic. This game, he was fully engaged. He was running around the whole time, you know, from start to finish, just looked like he wanted to be there. Um, so I, I hope that, you know, that that whole emo Randall phase is, is all gone. I don't know. I don't know what was going on, you know, that had him kind of kind of feeling like that, um, you know, but hopefully hopefully he's feeling better now and, and totally digging, you know, where the team's going and where he's going, because when he's playing this well, I mean, it's it's going to be real dangerous for for other teams and the Knicks are going to be a real dangerous team if he Brunson and RJ can continue playing as well as they are they're they're a legitimate big 3 with a legitimate supporting cast right now if they continue playing like this and and that's huge for them um i also think the 4 or 5 pick and roll that Julius and Mitch have been doing needs to be here to stay i mean i know that the Knicks don't exactly make their money off of pick and roll it's not something that they're you know that they're not an excessive pick and roll team like other teams are, but this four or five pick and roll, it's something special. I mean, they've been employing it for the last two games, and and I think it's been part of what's made Julius uh, kind of, it's like a new set for him to enjoy running because it's it's awesome. Uh, you know, either Mitch's defender doesn't respect Julius enough and he gets to attack the defense shifted, or Mitch's defender commits, and if Julius doesn't draw a foul, Mitch is right there for, like I said, that sort of like Kobe assist. Uh, and completely unguarded to just kind of do his thing on the offensive glass. It's I, I can't believe we haven't seen more of this sooner, to be completely honest, because you would think that, you know, if you have a guy that can handle the ball and can distribute like Randall can and also has the burst to get to the rim like Julius or like Julius can, that you would want to put him in a situation where he can either take advantage of the defender at the five or, you know, lose his slower defender than a normal wing defender 
and you know kind of get in a situation where Mitch's defender has to has to help in and then Mitch is left wide open for that that easy layup dunk you know whatever uh offensive rebound lob you know whatever the case may be it frees up Mitch really easily and and I love seeing that so I don't know I, I think that like I said I think part of Randall's revitalization is kind of finding his joy for dishing again I don't know why that ever went away because he was doing so great with it at the beginning of the year but Maybe there was going something going on behind the scenes we didn't know about, or something was keeping him down, you know, last week. But hopefully he's over it, and hopefully this is this is the Julius Randle going forward because he played fantastic. He did such a good job in this game, and uh, you know, I I want to see more of this man. I, I I'm excited to see Julius Randle play again if this is how he's going to be playing. Uh, I got to talk too though, <laughs> man. There's so many great performances to talk about. Jalen Brunson. Uh, did what Jalen Brunson does. Emmanuel quickly was fantastic with 18 points. I'm going to talk about the city edition jerseys a little bit too, because I actually got an email of all things uh, asking if I could talk about them a little bit. So I'll give my my take on that uh, because I I do love the uh, the jerseys this year and I and I want to give them some shine. But first, I got to remind you all that today's show is brought to you by Jason Medical, and you know. You and I, listener, we uh, we spend some time together, you know, or you, you let me into your ears or, you know, take me in on your YouTube screen and like five times a week. And, you know, we get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts, who sits, how Julius Randle's playing any given week. We love offensive rebounds, you know, and that's cool. I'm, I'm happy that we got this little connection. So today I want to, you know, try to help you out if I can. And. That's because with Jace Medical, you can now get a one-year supply on ED medications. Come on, you knew got to get to the ED medications at some point. But, you know, I don't know if you know what that means, but if you go on extended travel, if there's any sort of supply chain issues with your pharmacy, if, you know, God forbid there's some sort of, you know, big storm or something, knocks out power or whatever, you're not able to get your prescription of your ED medication, you can get that covered with Jace Medical because you don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revadio uh, with Jace Medical. It's because they let you order your medicine ahead of time. So you can go online right now at jacemedical.com and receive a 12-month supply of your daily medication and of your ED medication. Just remember to use promo code Locked On at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to save it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. So pretty ring endorsement from that customer. If you or someone you love want to get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, and again, that includes getting your ED medication uh, ahead of time, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code Locked On. For $20 off your purchase. All right, and I'm back in. Continuing to talk about this big Knicks win. Let's talk about Jalen Brunson for a second. I'm going to kind of, I'm going to try to kind of breeze through the end here just because, man, there's there's so much to talk about, but there's so much meat left on the bone. I feel like if the Knicks keep playing this way, I don't want to don't cover every topic. But Brunson just cooked like Jalen Brunson does and had 26 points, 8 and 19 shooting. Funny enough, an identical shooting line to Julius Randle. Uh, from the field five of eight from three and six assists and we finally get Brunson and Randall both having a good game at the same time and with RJ to boot too so like for those keeping track at home the mid three I haven't forgotten that that was the the nickname that people assigned to them last year or early in the year 
uh, had 72 points combined in this one. Pretty crazy output from those three. And Jalen just seems to be taking, I, I think this has been deliberate on his part. I think he's taking a little bit more of a backseat uh, as far as initiating the offense and getting things going, letting Randall cook, letting RJ cook a little more, letting Emmanuel quickly cook a little bit uh, when they're out there together. And I think that's really beneficial, you know, letting especially Randall run things either in transition or half court. I think that keeps Randall engaged. That keeps Randall feeling like he's part of things. You know, we saw the the body language against the Bucks where he thought that, you know, there was a play drawn up for him. And then, you know, Brunson kind of uh, took it into his own hands and you couldn't really blame him because he had so many points that game. But, you know, it seemed like Randall took some exception to that. Um, so, it, you know, I think that there's there's something to say for letting letting the other guys run the offense a bit more and kind of letting the uh, off ball skills of Jalen Brunson shine a bit more because his off ball skills are fantastic. You know, as we've noted on the pod a number of times, like he is, he's great at, uh, you know, kind of finding his spots without the ball in his hands, hitting the three, doing all the things you want to see. Um, and so I, I think that he did all that plus some classic Brunson things like absolutely roasting Jeremy Sohan in the, in the half court at one point. Um, you know, it's, I think this is the best version of Jalen Brunson and keeps him as fresh as possible too. He also did kind of an uncharacteristic Jalen Brunson thing and pulled up from, uh, Curry Lillard rage <laughs> for his final three of the night and just absolutely canned it. So that was cool. We don't normally see that from him, but, uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, if that's, if that's something he can do instead of just as usual, like toe on the line shooting from deep, then that's, that's huge for the Knicks. Uh, also Manuel quickly 18 points on eight of 17 shooting five assists. I think he basically did like the Emmanuel quickly variety pack in this game. He kind of like one of everything that he has in the bag Had a nice pocket pass to Isaiah Hartenstein off a pick and roll for a bucket at one point transition pass to Isaiah Hartenstein for a dunk after stripping Wemby and starting a break. He had a pull up three. He had a step back three. He had a spot up three off a relocation in the corner after he saved a transition pass to Brunson. It, it was like kind of a wild pass coming, coming down in transition. And so IQ just kind of corralled it real quick. Got it to Brunson, who started driving and then quickly just relocates to the corner, gets it from Brunson while he's still slightly on the move and then kind of was falling away. Hits this awesome three. That's that's kind of one of quickly staples that little falling away three. Also hit a couple floaters too, because why not? Uh, you know, may as well just do everything that's in the bag in this game. But he's he's making it look really effortless being this great on every single night. I I like his symbiosis with Brunson a lot right now. Uh, when they're out there together, I think that we're gonna see them close a lot of games together as the one, two combo, you know, unfortunately it seems like uh, the guy that has sort of become the odd man out that we thought there would be. I mean, we figured that Dante DiVincenzo would not get a huge number of minutes and would be more of a bit player barring injury, but it seems like Quentin Grimes is kind of that guy that's going to, going to play less minutes this year uh, in favor of, of an Emmanuel quickly, if quickly is really cooking down the stretch and, you know, that's okay. I think because uh, this, symbiosis between Brunson and quickly is, is really something to lean into. I think, I think it's really great to have two guys that good at handling the ball at the one and two plus having Randall and RJ that can also create you essentially have four creators then, and four guys that are pretty comfortable without the ball in their hands and can hit, you know, spot up shots and, and attack off the dribble real quick and stuff like that. It's, it's a pretty dangerous lineup. So I hope the Knicks keep leaning into that. I got to say too, if, if quickly keeps this up and doesn't end up winning six man of the year this year, I am not going to be happy. Uh, all right. So to, to close things off, just a couple notes. So the jerseys, I actually got an email asking me to break down my thoughts on the new jerseys. 
um, because I'm a I'm a dum dum. I first thought that this person was asking about the state of New Jersey, uh, where I live. So you know, shout out to Scott from the UK. Shout out to the state of New Jersey. But let's talk about the New Jerseys. Uh, I thought the jerseys were really dope. Uh, these this kit collab uh, that the Knicks are doing this year for the fourth straight, fifth, fifth straight season? No, fourth straight season. Yeah, because they had the City Never Sleeps ones and then the two black ones and now this one. Uh, I thought these looked great. I thought the court looked really cool too with the sort of uh, transition effect from the light blue on one side to the dark blue on the other. The the double-layered New York, New York, I thought was really cool. Um, the jerseys in general, I mean, I love that. Uh, I love the the late '90s, early 2000s jersey. I mean, I'm literally I bought a vintage hat this year of uh, the Eastern Conference champions, 1999. That's like my favorite team ever. Um, it was the team that got me into the Knicks. So anything that leans into that aesthetic is going to be a big win to me. Uh, I I don't know. I think I think they did a great job pulling off the, you know the coloring everything else it, it all just i mean it it screams that era of knicks and yet also the double layered new york new york i think is really cool i love that style of drop shadow as like a graphic designer um you know when i've done graphic design like i doing the exaggerated drop shadow like that i think is a really cool look especially when they you know when kith mentioned why they did that and that it's meant to be like new york new york totally cool totally fire idea i like that um I probably would have left the pinstripes off, I, but they're really subtle. Like you barely even notice them in the game. I guess that's that's kind of one of those details you only notice if you're really looking close at the jersey. So ultimately, I'm fine with them. You know, it's a nice nod to the the Yankees and the Mets. So that's cool. Um, I also would have done the trapezoid stripes on the side, which was like the staple of the the '99 team and just those like three years of that jersey when they first debuted it with the black panels. The the panels like flared out on the front of the jersey um, or on the front and back of the jersey. Like they kind of started skinny up by the armpit and then flared out by the time they got to the waist. And um, I always like that look. It's something that they've never gone back to and never retroed. So I was kind of hoping for that, but small gripe. I mean, I really like the really like the jerseys. I really like the Kith collection too. Uh, it's, probably get a couple things from it and go broke, uh, but that's coming out like on Friday. I also figured I'd real quick power rank the jerseys just in case anyone's curious what my rankings are. I think the city jerseys so far since the Knicks have been in existence, number one is this year's. Number two, I think even though it's cursed, the 2021 to 22 uh, mostly black city jersey uh, with the like white letters with the orange uh, outline around them, I think that was my favorite or second favorite, I should say. Um, last year's black with the more orange and blue on them, I think is my my third favorite. Uh, the navy blue with the cityscape stripes on the side and the checkered collar. I know that one was kind of polarizing. That's my that's my number four though. I really like that one. Uh, then the city never sleeps jersey. I just was not a huge fan of that one. I don't know. I still to this day I'm not a huge fan of that one. Even though it was during a great season for the Knicks in 2020 to 21, is what it is. Just wasn't my cup of tea. And then the last one, the fire department jersey. <laughs> I sorry. Shouts to the FDNY. Keep putting out fires. Keep being awesome. But uh yeah that jersey was terrible i hope they never do anything like that again uh yeah just keep that one in the vault no need to retro that jersey or anything else at any point so uh a couple last notes uh just like like sappy basketball notes but my dvr recorded espn and for me instead of msg i assume this game was also on msg but either way i got the espn broadcast which 
because uh, I was watching on a little bit of a delay. So, but Mike Breen and Hubie Brown on commentary, what a treat, man! That was that was so cool. Uh, I I really like Hubie Brown. I've always he's always been one of my favorite color commentators, and so him and Breen together, really, really, really good combo. I thought it had very uh, Mike and Clyde energy. So, you know, cherish Hubie Brown while we got him, just like you do with Mike and Clyde. I think that I think he's one of the more objective basketball analysts that we have. Uh, and definitely one of the smartest basketball minds like ever. And his just his announcing style is just so aesthetically pleasing. Probably helps that he's like pretty old at this point. It kind of just feels like hanging out with your basketball grandpa and just having him tell cool stories and give you some insight. So yeah, enjoy Hubie Brown while you got him. And speaking of cherishing, cherish having Pop, uh, Greg Popovich, a few more years at least too, because I think he's just I mean, you hear the quotes from him and you see how he's coaching this team that's so young. I mean, they they didn't really have their best performance against the Knicks, but they've been pretty dangerous to start this year. I think he's just one of the most adaptable and thoughtful coaches in the history of basketball. So definitely enjoy him while you got him too. But enjoy this Knicks win while you got it as well. Uh, and, you know, cherish this one. We've got more Knicks play coming before the end of the week. So uh, we'll have you covered with all that. But until next time, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Peace out, everybody.